thread, a singular thought expanded upon. Thread is the podcast of the Emerge Network. For more information, log on to EmergeNetwork.org. Hi, this is Chuck Quinley. Welcome back to Thread, episode 34. I don't know how you're doing today, but I'm feeling a little bit under pressure. The way it works in my life is uh, I travel a lot, and because I like to have my family with me, and I don't want to be apart from them so much, uh, I take them with me as much as I can. And I've got a month of work to do in the Philippines with the Edge Radio there and some other things. And so we're having to get everything organized on this end. And, you know, you end up having to front load a whole lot of work that you would have done if you'd been home to do it. And then when you get home, you get to catch up again. So that's my world for today. But I have learned that if I will just stop my busyness, be settled, get in the word, feed myself proper spiritual diet and, uh, spend some time talking to the Lord and singing my worship to the Lord. It just changes everything about how that day goes. So I hope you're making that same commitment today. We're going to be in the gospel of Mark chapter 10. So if you don't have a Bible, run, get one and come right back. All right, the subject of Mark chapter 10 is on becoming a good person. Becoming a good person. This is a story of the rich young ruler, as the Bible headers usually have it. Um, now, discussions on the topic of being a good person that I've had over the years with people generally have two introductory sentences. The first one starts and says, uh, basically, I think I'm basically a good person. And then the second sentence is usually, I mean, I haven't killed anyone. <laughs> I mean, I haven't killed anyone or anything. And I mean, they say that with total seriousness. Um, and uh, I guess we all are struggling to figure out under what possible definition we could be called a good person. Because we all know about the secrets in our life. And we all know that we have never... Um, lived up to the standards that we hope to live by. Uh, uh, C.S. Lewis said, I have never had a selfless thought. You know, I'm selfish to the core. And I think that's a human condition. So the whole notion of becoming a good person, it's a, it's a quest. And it's a quest that this young man is on in chapter 10, verse 17. Uh, the Bible says, as Jesus was going on the road, one came running and knelt before him and asked him a question. Good teacher, or you could make the good a little bigger than that. Righteous teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? You know, this is an earnest, intense, burdened man, and he has a burning question. What must I do? To become a good person, you know, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? It's really a bigger question than what it sounds like. It's a question about righteousness. It's a question about being judged by a holy God and having that holy God look at us and say, you are right. You're not wrong. Your life is right. You are right in your heart. You know, that that all-knowing God could inspect the details of our life, 
and approve us as worthy of a second life, that we get an eternal life. You know, because if you were God, why would you let everyone live again? When some people did so poorly in their first life and even hurt other people, damaged other people's lives, why in the world would you let them live a second time? And that's in this man's mind. You know, it's his quest. It's his life's deepest burden. He is, uh, he's weighed down by the necessity to become a righteous man so that he can be approved by God. And he's working hard at that. And Jesus gives him a very, um, it's a very clever Asian teaching response. It's uh, Asian responses tend to be oblique. Uh, you know, they don't come like right back at you like an American response would. Uh, they kind of go off, and you think sometimes. Well, you know, sometimes they did dodge the issue, but sometimes they they answered you. You just have to pay attention, you know, because it's not they're not going to say it straight out to your face. And so that's what Jesus does with him. Um, this man, first of all, has come to Christ assuming that he is he has the ability to judge righteousness in other people, which already is a stretch, you know, that we think we are so righteous that we can see righteousness and we can say, okay, that one is righteous and this man is not. And that's the first thing Jesus takes him to task on. He says, well, you've approached me and called, you've labeled me and judged me righteous. Now, this is a righteous teacher, so that's why you came to me. And he says, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that is God. In other words, only God is righteous. Righteousness can only be received from God. So despite all your efforts and all your sacrifice, you are not righteous. You're not right inside. And so Jesus basically is saying to him, and I will now demonstrate this to you. Let me show you uh, what the inside is really like. And so he rolls off in, uh, you know, he can tell this is a rules keeping guy. And so he, in verse 19, he goes to the Old Testament, he goes to the commandments, he says, well, you know the commandments, and he skips the most important commandments in the list. He skips the first four uh, of those commandments, the commandments that pertain directly to God as a person. And, uh, and he goes instead to these other lists, this, this obvious external list, the uh, I haven't killed anyone yet list. Do not commit adultery, do not murder people, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud. What he's really done with the word defraud is he has summarized the, the social side of the Ten Commandments, because part of the Ten Commandments, is uh, our part, that part is about uh, God as a person, and then the rest of it is about how spirituality is a social thing. You, uh, it's how you treat people. And so the word defraud is not actually in the commandments, but he has summarized it because that's basically it. Do not rip other people off. Do not profit at their expense. Don't hurt them. Don't take, don't want what is theirs and take what is theirs. 
don't wound others in any way. And so he, you know, he is, uh, he's laying down these external commandments. And uh, he's, you know, he's allowing this man to describe his own righteousness. And the man says in verse 20, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. I mean, give him credit. This is a diligent man. He has been on this search for a long time. He's working so hard to achieve and to accomplish success in his life and in every aspect of his life. He's accomplishing success, but there's this one thing that he cannot achieve despite all his efforts, and that is righteousness. Verse 21 says that Jesus pondered this man. And that's a wonderful thing to emulate as a, as a leader, that you would take a moment to really consider people, to you know, taste their uniqueness, and to, to really look into their soul. Stop your busyness, look up from the thing that you're occupied with, and totally square off with other people for their benefit. I think it's uh, those who really do impact others' lives. This is one characteristic I've always seen, is that you, you truly engage other people at, a, at a, a very deep level. Verse 21 says that Jesus loved this young man, and so he gave him a gift. He's giving him the gift of, of revelation. He's, he's giving him the gift of critique. He's giving him the solution to his life's puzzle, because here's a young man that's on an earnest quest. He knows that in the end, he's going to stand before God, and he's going to be judged, and he is wanting to prepare for that. And Jesus says, I can help you with this. You, I evaluate you, and really, you're only lacking one thing. You're being diligent in so many areas, but there is one thing that you are lacking. And I'm sure this young man in his mind must have thought, one thing, yeah, this is great. I'm so close. I'm almost there. And so Jesus says, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And then come, take up the cross, and follow me. Oh, that was not the one thing that this man thought. See, he thought that he could keep all of his things and that he could just uh, add another accomplishment to his life that not only having become a champion in the business world and a leader in society, but he could also become a righteous man. And Jesus is telling him those commandments that it all starts with about loving God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. He didn't even bother giving him those because the man would have said, yes, I've done that. And Jesus can see, no, you really haven't. You've never loved God with total abandon. He's not your everything. See, for this man, verse 22 says he was sad when he heard that word. He was sad at that word and he went away. Sorrowful, full of sorrow, for he had great possessions. You see, Jesus had put his finger like right on the thing that he had to deal with. It's such a gift, you know, and, and spiritual leaders can do that. They, they skip all the long discussions about peripheral things, and they look for that essential thing. And Jesus has found it in this man's life. 
He's an upright, moral man, but to him, God is a king to appease. He's the insurer of good fortune in business. He's not your father that you love and receive love from. He's not even a friend that deserves your highest loyalty. This man has ignored the true heart of the law. And and this law has actually, instead of helping him find God, the law has become such a bondage to him. He's been struggling with this all his life, trying to get somewhere spiritually that the law is not going to take him. You know, it's meant to be an aid to your spiritual journey. But for him now, it's just become this burden. He cannot, you know, he can't get what he wants because he's not willing to die to himself. And Jesus tells him the way to get it. He says, listen, you've got to take up your cross and you've got to follow me. You've got to die to yourself and follow me. When I come in, I will give you the gift of righteousness. You can have righteousness, but it will cost you everything you have. And you're not buying it with that. It's just that everything you have is in the way of your righteousness. It's distracting you from righteousness. Now, I want you to notice the purity of Christ's motives. He does not say, give your money to us. Give your money to our ministry. He's very clear. He's got no self-interest in this man's money. He doesn't need it. It doesn't move him. And this man cannot become a disciple and a follower and bring all his wealth with him because now you'll have an entirely different uh, dynamic operating in the group. Instead of trusting God, they'll be asking this guy to pay for lunch every day. And Jesus says, you don't need all that stuff. Just like the disciples, when they went out on their ministry, the first thing he said is, all right, uh, everybody, you have your wallets? They said, yes. He said, hand them to me. And he kept their money. And he sent them out because this is about God. It's not another human undertaking. And righteousness won't come to us from any amount of human effort, although you have to battle sin and you have to fight your evil nature uh, in order to stand with God and walk with God in an evil age, but yet we're just fighting not to stray from the righteousness that he gives us. So I guess we all have to ask ourselves two questions that this man brings us today. The first one is, who is God to you? Is he a king, someone you have to appease? Is he the one that is your insurance, who makes the good things happen? Is he your father, and you love him so much, and you feel his approval and his love? Is he a friend that deserves your highest loyalty? Who is God to you? That's the first question. I think it's worth pondering, because a lot of us have guilt-based religion, and you just have to fight to get free from that and see God the way God wants us to see him. Second question that I think this, uh, this case raises is, would you sell it all? Would you sell it all? Um, if these words were directed at you, quit your job, sell everything you own, walk away from what you've got, would you sell it all? And we're going to talk more about that next time because we're going to talk about the power of money in our lives. This man has been given the opportunity to receive the gift of righteousness, the gift of being judged by God as pure and worthy of a second life through the blood of Jesus and through his substitution 
on the cross. For Jesus to give this man righteousness was not uh, an impossibility. He has it within his power to give it to him. He is headed to Jerusalem in just a few more chapters. We'll find him in Jerusalem on the cross, bleeding so that this man and everybody like him, you and me, can have righteousness, that we can be judged by God as holy and worthy of second life, that we can be approved by God, not just because of our hard work, but because Jesus paid the price for our approval. And we can hide ourselves in Christ and receive from God the gift of righteousness and the gift of eternal life. And that gift is yours and that gift is mine, my brother and sister. And I'm receiving mine today and praising the Lord for his work on my behalf. Well, I hope you have a super day and that you fulfill the will of God for your life in this season. If you'd like to correspond with me directly, you can just use my own email, chuck at Quinley, Q-U-I-N-L-E-Y dot com. Chuck at Quinley dot com. And hey, let me give one announcement before I go off today. Uh, we're opening Media Light again uh, last week of September through the second week of December. This is 10 weeks. It's a residential program in northern Thailand where uh, we will focus on spirituality, leadership, personal development, and media production. Students will learn about uh, professional-level video production, about uh, websites, about radio operation, about photography. Uh, There's just so much we're going to cover, and we can do it because it's residential. Long hours, uh, but very rewarding, and 10 weeks, and then you're back in your normal life. So if you're interested in that, go to MediaLightAsia.com, MediaLightAsia.com. Asia.com, and you can find out more there. Thanks. See you next time on Thread. Thread, a singular thought expanded upon. Thread is the podcast of the Emerge Network. For more information, log on to emergenetwork.org. Thread.